Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. In this episode today I'm going to touch on what all effective programs involve. Uh, there's many ways to progress, there's many ways you can build muscle tissue. It's it's shown just in people's different training methods, yet they still manage to build a considerable amount of muscle tissue. So that clearly kind of points towards all program or many different styles of training work. However, in this episode I'm going to touch on the fundamental things a program must involve. So regardless what style of training you follow, uh, what influencers training you kind of try and replicate or maybe take inspiration from or a role model you kind of take in- inspiration from. I'm going to basically touch on what they all involve so that you can make sure your training is in line with what's going to basically provide results. So the first thing that I'm going to touch on is you want to make sure what you're doing is sustainable. So if you have a program, yeah, it's not sustainable, then you're not going to be getting the most out of it, if that makes sense. So what I mean by that is when it comes to like a program being sustainable, if, let's say, we're missing days or it's going to be really stressful trying to fit in regularly, then it's probably not going to be ideal. Like if we're missing a certain session, let's say, consistently, then we're not doing those movements consistently, which means we will not kind of be setting ourselves up for success and progressing those movements as best as we could. What I mean by this is, if, let's say, you follow a, let's say, a, a push-pull-legs upper-lower split, but realistically, you can only stick to training four times a week, then you're going to miss one of those sessions, which means you're going to miss one of the sessions that will contribute towards getting adequate volume in for one body part. What I mean by that is, if you plan a push-pull legs up a lower split, then you're like, right, I've got enough work for, let's say, my pressing musculature for my upper body. Then if it, if it comes to the point that you miss, let's say, push or you miss upper, then you've not got enough work for your needs, if that makes sense. Whereas if you just program your needs around a four-day split, then you're definitely going to get the amount of work you need to progress in on a weekly basis. Whereas if you plan like a five-day week split that you can't adhere to, then you're not going to be able to fit that in, if that makes sense. And like another example is if, let's say, you consistently miss the last session of the week and you just start from scratch and start from Monday's session, then you'll consistently be missing the last session of the week where you might have an important exercise on or it might be a body part that you want to bring up and then if you're consistently missing that then that's just going to become an even more of a lagging body part if that makes sense. There's also the fact of like if you are really stressed and it's kind of eating into your maybe your free time maybe your just how you're doing mentally as a whole or your sleep then that's not going to be optimal so don't feel like you need to stick to an amount of training days that you can't adhere to, if that makes sense. Yes, we obviously want to push ourselves to be as consistent as we can and get as much done as we realistically can, like putting more effort and dedicating more time towards like building muscle and improving your body composition generally is going to provide better results. But at the same time, don't try and emulate and copy someone who trains six times a week for two hours a day if that's not something you're capable of doing. People have different commitments, people have different responsibilities and someone who might be doing that full time, let's say a bodybuilder for example, they might 
make a living from doing it. So they can realistically afford to do so. Whereas you might not have the same time availability. So make sure you've got a program that fits around your routine and fits around your work commitments. And also just the amount of sacrifice and kind of commitment and discipline you're willing to kind of kind of make if that makes sense like it's it's okay if you're not willing to train five times a week and you're willing to only train three times a week your progress may be a bit slower but it's completely fine like it's it's allowed you know what I mean nobody's nobody's forcing you to do more than you want to do it's ultimately your progress so you get to decide kind of how often you want to train and what I'd say in terms of make, making sure it fits your routine and work is if you work certain shifts where there's days that just really don't make sense for you to be able to train, what I mean by that is if certain days you do, let's say, 10 or 12 hour shifts for whatever reason, then if you consistently do them in the same day, that may be a good day to schedule in a rest day so that you can keep good sleep quality, so that you can work it around your routine and be able to perform well when you do train and also be able to have productive productive uh, sessions and another example is let's say you train let's say you work sorry four days out of the week then you could schedule your training days let's say you do a push pull legs upper lower you could schedule push pull and legs on your days off or you could schedule push and pull on your days off for example or something like that just kind of make it fit your schedule and what days are going to be best for yourself to train and next up is obviously making sure what we're doing is effective. So that means making sure we've got appropriate selection of exercises. So compound movements, I'd like especially if you're not training that frequently, making sure you've got a good amount of compound movements and picking exercises that on paper are going to be effective at whatever you're trying to achieve with them and making sure they have progressive runway. What I mean by that is like doing movements where you're in a stable environment where you can progress it. And an example of the opposite, a movement that's not that maybe effective where you've not got progressive runways, like doing like a like a front raise with like a 10 kilo plate. And what are you going to do? You're going to hold on. Are you going to jump straight to a 20 kilogram plate? Probably not. So instead use dumbbells for a movement like that so you can actually progress them over time. Uh, and also like making sure you're stable enough like if you're doing like a row standing up on a cable stack you're probably just going to get pulled forward eventually so instead do it seated on a bench so just selecting movements that are effective for your goal of course and you've got room to kind of progress them over time and you basically want to repeat those movement patterns and run them into the ground in my opinion so if you swap a movement after let's say four weeks eight weeks, something like that, you've just kind of got those new begins from the movements and you've just got efficient at performing. You maybe even just found out how to nail the form and sometimes it even takes any even longer to kind of nail the form on a movement. So instead of swapping it out, instead keep it in and then you've got a movement, you're really skilled at performing that you're, that you're kind of, you've already, you've already kind of troubleshooted how to kind of target the right muscle effectively what I mean by this is like a, let's say you're doing like a machine chest press. Maybe after eight weeks, you've just kind of realized, right, this is where I should stop. This is how I should judge depth. This this is the right seat height, etc. Because it takes a bit of trial and error at first. So if you're kind of, 
just getting used to a machine then once you are used to it swapping it out then you're probably holding yourself back in terms of your ability to perform and progress your lifts and what you also want to ensure in terms of it being effective is having appropriate amount of volume above the minimum effective like volume and below your maximum recoverable volume what i mean by this is doing enough that grants results but not too much that you can't recover session to session. There's ultimately no amount of sets I can tell you that is right for yourself or wrong for yourself. But what I'd say is make sure you're focusing on quality first, so making sure you're putting a high level of effort into your sets. From there, you then want to kind of assess if you're doing enough to kind of promote results and just use your initiative with it and roughly estimate what how much you need and then if you're let's say sore going into the next session then I wouldn't recommend doing any more and I'd recommend ideally doing less and what I mean by that is if you're let's say you train your legs and then they're sore when you're going to train them again then you want to do less so that you're fresh and you can perform well going into that next session you've actually kind of recovered built new muscle before training that body part again and causing muscle damage again so there's a sweet spot between doing enough to get results and doing too much that you can't recover you want to be somewhere in between there and what it says you can always just keep it static and then if you feel like a body part's not growing or responding and you can do more then increase the amount but i think all effective programs they have appropriate amount of volume for each body part or not even for each body part for the body parts you want to improve and when you get more advanced what all effective programs involve is managing central nervous system fatigue effectively so if you let's say aren't too consistent with your training or training for let's say four times a week or less you probably don't even have to worry about this however if you train more than that more than four times a week and you are getting a bit more advanced then like deloads are something you might need to consider in the future so a deload people can well a lot of people approach them differently but a deload in my opinion is just you mitigating fatigue that you've brought about through training that's its role as well as giving joints and connective tissues a break as well as maybe resensitizing you to muscle growth uh, by taking time off doing as much volume doing as much work training as hard so that you're more sensitive to it when you jump back in and you start doing more and there's many ways to basically deload as I touched on but if you let's say it's necessary and you're accumulating that much fatigue that you need to deload then you should kind of have like a approach of doing so what I basically do is I keep intensity high meaning training effort I just don't take any forced reps or partial reps and I'll only do one working set per exercise so I'll basically decrease my volume and drop a set and even two here and there just so I'm doing one set per exercise and that ensures I can drop fatigue effectively so I can be nice and fresh to go into another run of training because you basically accumulate fatigue by training to failure or close to failure by getting those effective reps and you if you accumulate too much fatigue it can impact things like your training performance which will ultimately mean we can't maybe progress it will also impact things like sleep quality, like digestion, appetite, and uh, also your ability to retain performance while you're dieting. Uh, so it can have like negative effects along with it. 
and also just like brain fog and a lack of focus during a day etc and like your libido or in other words how how what's the word for it your sex drive goes down so that's something to consider as well like there are some signs that you might need to deload and most individuals don't need to deload I don't think so the reason being is I don't think people train hard and consistent enough but if you are consistently training hard over time you feel like you are really not motivated to train and you need time off then you could maybe deal but the best sign is like what's happening in the gym if you're still progressing your lifts and you don't need a deload you might not feel amazing you might feel a bit trashed but if the logbook's still progressing if you're still progressing your lifts then you don't you're not desperate for one if that makes sense but it is good to be able to manage central nervous system fatigue and manage fatigue effectively when you get more advanced and it's something you you'll probably need to do at some point and the likelihood of needing to do so is going to be influenced by how much stress you have and how how your recovery is outside the gym for example someone who let's say a bodybuilder let's say some a bodybuilder does it full time and they literally just go to the gym then eat sleeps posts on instagram and uh, watches youtube videos and does a podcast on on with other bodybuilders or whatever that's not that stressful let's be honest so whereas let's say there's another bodybuilder who let's say they have the same they have the same kind of like training they do and they're in the same phase but this bodybuilder also works a construction job then they are going to have a poorer recovery capability than the other person so they might need to deload more frequently and back off from training because their supply is higher uh, or sorry yeah the, su- the supply and demand kind of ratios higher and what i mean by that is they've got more demand that can outweigh outweigh what they can maybe recover from sometimes and in terms of what else uh effective program involves so it suits your needs so not only does it have like an appropriate amount of work but it has an appropriate amount of work suited to what you want to improve what i mean by this is your your split is set up as a whole it's got appropriate amount of work and appropriate exercises dedicated towards your weaknesses what i mean by this is let's say you are you've got weak quads and you want to bring up your quads then you should be choosing exercises and choosing a stance that allows you to do so effectively so if any time you do a leg press or you do a squat like let's say a hack squat or a smith machine squat you've got your feet far forward you've not got your knee going over your toe and you're getting a lot of basically bend at the hips then that's going to be quite a glute focused movement so you want your your, as much range of motion at the knee as you possibly can your feet as low as you can during movement so you can get your knee far over your toe as possible. So you want to make sure you've got appropriate work, meaning appropriate amount of sets to suit what you actually want to improve. You've got appropriate exercise selection towards what you want to improve and not only selection, but exercise execution towards what you want to improve because you can pick the best exercise in the world. But if your form's not tailored correctly, to get the most out of that exercise you're not going to progress as much as you can so it's not just about picking the right machine or picking the right exercise it's about executing that right exercise effectively so yeah make sure you've got an appropriate amount of like work for your needs and 
like I said, like a program that suits your needs. So this could mean if your goal is to bring up your lower body, you train, let's say, your upper body once a week and your lower body twice a week. Or it could mean you train your, let's say you do an upper lower, or sorry, let's say you do push-pull legs, upper lower. It could mean you do some more lower body work on your push session so that you can kind of develop your lower body a bit more if that's your area you want to prioritize or you could maybe do legs push pull and then it could be rest then lower upper so basically like you want to something you can play about with is hitting your body parts that you want to bring up while you're fresh and also if you start a session with your maybe strong body part and end the session with your weak body parts that's probably why they are weak and why you've got a strong body part because if you are training a muscle group you want to improve at the very end of a session then you're not going to have as much physical and mental energy and focus the quality of work is going to be relatively poor so if you are really trying to grow a body part you want to consider not only your effort execution tempo things like that and exercise selection but also where about in the session it is not that you need to put an exercise or a muscle group at the start of the session to progress it if it's weak, but it will definitely help. So if you've exhausted every other kind of avenue of progressing it, or if you are just really, really wanting to progress that as a whole, then fire it towards the start and you'll get more out of it. Because like, see, putting, let's say calves, let's say you've got weak calves, when you train them at the very end of leg day, then you're just not that fresh, you're not got the best ability to put effort in and even if you do put 110% effort into it you are in a fatigued state which means you've got central nervous system fatigue present which will ultimately impact your ability to train to failure Uh, regardless if you try 100% or not you literally can't perform as well just due to having fatigue present and obviously this will differ like if you are new to training just forget about the word fatigue until you have been training for two years just basically bury yourself and train as hard as you can until like you're you're literally like trashed and you feel like right now now I'm actually experiencing fatigue but most people don't need to worry about fatigue they just need to worry about actually sleeping well eating well etc and lastly uh, this one there's a caveat to it but it's having good form reason I say there's a caveat to that is you obviously see people who do build muscle without having good form you see people who what i'd say is have kind of sloppy execution that have built a lot of muscle from it but in my opinion when you are like training effectively and you've got an effective program your your execution's good so you can get away with what without potentially depending who you are but if you've got a lagging body part you probably shouldn't just throw weight about you should probably think about right how am i actually moving this weight how am i actually controlling it I'm using the body part I'm actually trying to grow uh, because if not then it doesn't matter how effective your program is on paper it doesn't matter what exercises you're doing or what effort you're training at if you're not actually having good execution because you're not going to target that body part effectively and like I said earlier on something that's super important is training in a close proximity to failure so you need to be training to failure or close to failure in order to get stimulative reps so the stimulative reps are basically the five reps from failure 
and this is from the rep range of anywhere from 6 to 35, it's shown that both in high rep sets or low rep sets, what's most important is getting close to a failure point or to failure. And the reason being is when we, let's say, do a high rep set, we won't really recruit the muscle fibres that are that responsive to muscle growth if, let's say, we're doing a 30 rep set and we're doing 10 reps and fracking it. However, if we are getting close to failure, then we're eventually going to recruit the muscle fibres that are going to be going to be sensitive to muscle growth, the fast twitch muscle fibres. Whereas at the start of the set, we won't. Uh, so that's why we want to be training close to failure. And from, let's say, if you do, let's say, a six rep set, you'll start recruiting those muscle fibres that are, that play a part in, or that are sensitive to muscle growth from the get-go. So you, that's why you, that's why you still build muscle from those low rep sets, if that makes sense. But what matters most is getting close to that failure point and also being in the rep range that is productive for muscle growth. What I mean by that is anywhere from 6 to 35. Obviously, what movement you'll do will... Well, sorry, what I mean is what exercise you do will kind of influence what rep range you work in. What I mean by this is if you're doing like a leg press, you probably don't want to do a 5 rep set. Whereas if you are doing a squat, then a five rep set might be a bit more sensible. You might feel that's a bit more bearable or it's a bit more appropriate for kind of longevity if you're doing that on a squat in comparison to a leg press. Another example is like a leg extension. You can probably work in a bit more of a higher rep range in a leg extension than let's say a let's say a squat. Because if you're doing like a twenty rep set of squats you're probably going to be gassed. What's going to limit you is just your cardiovascular fitness. Whereas if you do that on a leg press or a leg extension, you might be able to without running out of breath. So yeah, what rep range you should work in is dictated upon the exercise. Another example is if let's say you are doing a dumbbell lateral or just a lateral raise variation, you're not really going to get out of breath performing it. And typically I feel like I can connect better doing higher rep sets when I'm training my side delt. So I'll do a bit more of a high rep set. Whereas, again, squats, it might not be appropriate to do so. So think about when you're picking an exercise, like what rep range works best. For example, if you struggle to target your, let's say, your side delts or your chest, then with a chest fly or a lateral raise, you probably won't want to do a very low rep set because it'll probably be hard to keep it on the muscle. So use what rep range you can ultimately train the target muscle effectively with. If using a low rep set makes you shift the weight off that target muscle and use another muscle instead, don't work in that rep range. Work in a rep range that is appropriate for you to kind of target the desired muscle effectively. And lastly, obviously this isn't kind of involved in your program, you could say, but make sure you're ticking your boxes outside the gym because if you're doing all this right but your nutrition's not in a great spot at all, then you're going to be limiting how much muscle you can build drastically. So it doesn't really matter how well you're doing all this inside the gym if you're sleeping horrendous not having any protein you're not really going to build muscle so you want to make sure you're nailing your variables outside the gym so your efforts don't go to waste inside the gym and if you're constantly on the ball when it comes to what's happening outside the gym then progression is going to be so much easier inside the gym because there's no reason why you can't progress whereas if let's say you're missing meals not sleeping well not eating before your session not hydrated going into your session, then the likelihood of you performing poor is going to be far greater. So make sure it's in a good spot. 
But thank you very much for watching or listening. Greatly appreciate it as always. Any support is greatly appreciated. And I uh, hope everyone has a great rest of their day.